0: You're listening to Russ Beltrun. Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human.
1: We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them.
0: So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy make it in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something
1: with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time.
0: Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue.
1: And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset, and that's
0: okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rat
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined as I always am by Andrew Hedinger. You can find him on social media at Andrew Runs A Lot. If you want to find the podcast on social media, you can find us at Rust Belt Running.
0: Before we go any further, let's take a quick break to tell you a little bit about what we do with run coaching. Adam, why don't you tell us about it?
1: It's personalized run coaching. It takes into account the schedule that you have to get your runs in, the goals that you have, as well as the base that you come to us with. You talk to us about what it is you want to be doing, the time that you have to do it, and we come up with a personalized plan that fits your needs, works on you towards your goals, and helps provide a bird's eye view on your training to make sure that you don't plateau, to make sure that you're doing the correct training that's appropriate for you, and to get you showing up on race day, confidence that you're going to be ready to hit your race goals.
0: So to learn more about how we can help you hit your race goals, go to restbeltrunning.com. There you can find out about our different levels and coaching, find out more about us as runners and coaches, or you can support the show with buying merch, a sweatshirt, a patch that you can iron on to your singlet for that race that you're running soon. Maybe you don't want people knowing that you listen to us, but regardless, support the show. But for now, sit back and enjoy the rest of this episode.
1: Andrew, how you doing, buddy?
0: Uh, I'm better than I was last week when we had to cancel. The, uh, let me, let me put it that
1: way. The look you gave me when I asked that question was like a person contemplating how to <laughs> it's best answer. A, it,
0: it's a loaded question, um, th- these days. So yeah, I've been, been sick again and, uh, there's maybe some explanation for it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is good. And it does all go back to the tonsil stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and should not be a permanent <laughs> thing that i get sick so so often right um and, and maybe just a little bit of a coincidence too so i don't know i but i'm i'm feeling better i'm not 100 hundred yet but i'm uh i'm close to ready to rock and roll on the roads again um, i feel good enough that i spent 240 dollars on a pair of shoes you have entered the super shoe um spectrum but, i have uh, have you have you received them yet?
1: I have received them.
0: Okay, I, let's get your thought. Well, but first, yeah. before we get your thoughts, sure. I, I, because I can't talk about my shoes, um, because I've either talked about the ones I already have, or these are on order. I ordered the uh, the New Balance Super Comp uh, Elites, and uh, I, I put up a poll, and which color? One, uh, Everybody out? helped me pick the the, the green? Okay, the green did win. I was kind of bummed, honestly. I kind of wanted the white, yeah. But um, I, uh, I'm happy that the green were chosen as well. I mean, I don't know; they're both sick. Yeah. I've never had white shoes for racing, but they get dirty so fast. So, but whatever. I ordered those, and I'm really excited. They should be here probably by the time this episode is published. Nice. So, just not at recording. So, but you, you joined the Super I did. Shoe Club.
1: I want your thoughts. Uh, you know, I thought my I thought my Brooks Ghosts were light, and then these came. Mm. I got the Hyperion Elite 2, uh, which is the last version. So you can get them out there for far less than they retail for. They retail at $250, and I've been looking for a while, but usually if you were trying to find them, you would find either like You know, Smurf size, or you would find like Bigfoot size. There was nothing in the middle. And even though I got small feet, shut up! I even though I've got small feet, I'm not quite that small. And um, so I was poking around Amazon at work a week ago, and I I just did the search, and I saw them come up for 125, and they had the size eight, which is what I wear. Holy shit! I'm gonna jump on this because. You know, I've never really had specific racing shoes. I I like my Brooks Ghosts; they're fast enough for me. They're they're durable. They're fast. I've mm-hmm. I've PR'd in them plenty of times. So uh, I was going to take something really better, unique to to get me to to get off of them and get onto something better for racing. And it's it's Boston too. Like I'm I'm running this race. I'm not just going out there right. to enjoy ride it. I'm out there to race it. So if I could find something that would give me a little bit of a better edge, and carbon plated shoes are going to choose, gonna do that. I was going to do it. So yeah, I jumped on that and man, I took them out of that box. They are light. Holy hell are they light? Mm-hmm.
0: I think where you're going to, you're going to notice those shoes on that course at the right time. Um, yeah. I, I think the way your legs feel at, um, at like 16, yep. 18 um, on, sh- on carbon pl- fiber plated shoes versus how they feel on a, on a regular shoe, it's a very different feeling. Yeah. So. Yeah, because you've raced uh, in them. I, yes, and I mean at Columbus, I, I mean, I never really felt anything. Uh, I mean, I did back to back to back halves in them, and I felt good until yeah. I just had nothing left. Right.
1: But,
0: yeah, and I mean that was the first edition too. Like those were, I mean, those were out three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I mean the ones I've been racing in are or, you know, they don't have all the technology either. And I still felt the effects of it. So yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how you like running in them too.
1: So they actually weren't, yeah. they're not that weird to walk around in because they have that very different mm-hmm. soul. That's slightly curved. It's almost like a rocker. And I was walking around my apartment, just kind of getting a feel for them and they didn't feel as strange as I thought they would. Um, so yeah, I got a, I got a couple of fast workouts coming up and I got a, put them on and go break them in a little bit and see how they feel but i'm uh, i'm excited i've worked we're 10 weeks away now which blows my mind we're in february that blows my mind and um you know, you were talking with uh we were talking before the show and you were just saying you got uh your one client who's running boston and you were telling mm-hmm. him like man we're gonna do a recap at the end of february we're gonna do a recap at the end of march and all of a sudden it's gonna be race month like it's gonna be right there sneaking up right. on us so yeah, yeah, it's flying, yeah, it's, man. Gonna,
0: it's gonna be here quickly. I'm uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, you know more consistent nice God, <laughs> weather. God, yeah. Um, which, well, you know, I mean, this winter's been pretty mild. But it has I been. Still, like getting, I like getting into where I know what to expect a little more week by week. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it's it, this racing season is gonna it's gonna really sneak. I think it does every winter and spring. I think it always kind of sneaks up on you. Um, but yeah, especially doing coaching where we are doing things in like month by month blocks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to sneak up on us really quick. And I mean, there's a monumental, I mean, we're going to freaking Boston. Yeah. So, um, I, I didn't think about this either. And I know we, we decided we need to put a lot of work into, um, our Boston episode or mm-hmm. episodes. Um, <clears throat> but, um, it's, it's the 10-year anniversary of the uh of the tragedy at, in yeah. Boston as well and yeah. so this is a really big um this is a big year I mean Elliot's gonna be there um 10th anniversary you know we, we get to we get to be there yeah. for for that and I, I think that's pretty uh I think that's pretty awesome so please take this because I have to cough
1: oh uh, yeah you know it's 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 big and, um, you know, you and I, we've done a lot of local races, um, but we've never done anything quite, we've never done anything close to this big. And, you know, just thinking about some of the logistics, thinking through some of the logistics, I'm going to get on a call with a uh, with friend of the pod and client Erica Janeiro here in the next few weeks because, you know, as I'm, as I'm getting ready, I've got all my travel done, I've got my hotel booked, all of that stuff. Like I'm realizing now there's just a bunch of logistics I got to think through because the probably the most we've had to figure out in terms of logistics prior to this is, I mean, you and I figuring out where we had to go in Pittsburgh last year. And that was what a 10 minute walk from our hotel room to the start line. And, yeah. uh, you know, nothing really beyond that. And, um, you know, now it's, you know, I go and I get on a shuttle and sit on a bus for an hour or so. And then you go to a, a basically a big wide open athletes village and you got, Hours of waiting before you get to go, and um, yeah, you know, I've never had a plan for something like that. I've never had a fuel for something like like that before. So, you know, I've been going through and just starting to kind of map out my logistics. Like, all right, you know, what am I going to eat and when, and and how much do I need to eat so that I don't uh, so I don't bonk when I hit mile twenty. These are all just new things that I've never experienced before. So, it's uh, it's really interesting. It's it's this huge amount of excitement for doing this thing that I've been working for. For so long, it's the 10th anniversary, and it's when you text me about that, it, it didn't even occur to me that, that it was the 10-year anniversary of the bombings, mm-hmm. um, and how much extra meaning that's going to add on to the race, and then, yeah, Eliud being there, and um, so there's all that excitement for this huge, huge event, and also, like, shit, I've got to make sure I get the logistics of this right, and luckily, you know, I both know plenty of people that have done this and can help walk me through that, so I'll, we'll get a plan as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm really excited. I don't have to deal with all that crap. <laughs> I, you know, there's a
1: part of me that's like, man, I kind of wish I'd just done this as a spectator at least once beforehand so that I, I mm-hmm. have just that feeling of what that whole weekend feels like as somebody with, who has any stakes tied to it. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> well, I'll figure we, it out. We did.
0: Uh, one thing, we did officially um, purchase our tickets to uh, go watch Shoei Otani. Yes, and, we did. Uh, Mike Trout, yeah, um, and and our beloved <laughs> Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> that will forever be one of my favorite moments of our podcast, where we inexplicably <laughs> went on like a fifteen minute tangent yes. on, on the Angels. I, I don't understand. I mean,
1: we've I mean, shown in the past that we can do that, but it is it isn't as common an occurrence as it used to be. <laughs>
0: Well, and it's the angels. Like they I didn't know. go on like a, a, a fifteen minute Ohio State tangent, right? Um, yeah, we got
1: some pretty sweet seats too. Yeah, we do. The view is incredible, right over there by yeah, Pesky's gonna, Pole.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be there with some friends, and um, yeah, it's know, gonna be a good day. We're 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 hopeful that the the weather will be nice, and uh,
1: <sighs> man. That's that's the single biggest thing I think I worry about. It's just that the weather is halfway decent. There's a there's yeah. a range of weather I can accept. Um, it's the extremes that I'm really really worried about. Right. And there's nothing you can do. Yeah. About I, it.
0: Yeah. No, there isn't. I mean, yeah. you, you can't worry about it. It's kind of like Erica's freaking out because she's going to uh, Tokyo. Yeah. Um, next month. Yeah. And uh, she, uh, you know, they still have a lot of COVID restrictions and. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's been real tough trying to you know work with her on. Uh, uh, like, I don't know what your conversations with her have been because you're the one actually coaching her, but I know I've had plenty of my own about you know some of the testing and stuff. She's still freaking out about that, yeah. And uh, which is you know understandable, sure. But it's I mean you ha- you have to view. I I kind of try to tell her you almost have to view it like it's the weather, <laughs> like like you can't. It's it's not something you can control right now, right? Um. And, uh, you know, so it, to like stress out about it and freak out about it, isn't going to help the situation at all. Right. So just kind of view it as the weather, take every precaution you can. Um, and I mean, you don't know, we don't know what might change with their protocols in the next month anyways. Right. So, um, yeah, but that's next month too. She's going to finish her sixth star. We'll have to definitely, uh, have her on, um, after that
1: yeah yeah because you know not just the fact that it's a six star but the the odyssey it's been to try to get five and six because oh, she was yeah. pretty much ready to chalk that off about three years ago and then covet hit and it's just been kind of a whirlwind since then trying to do it and um a really cool journey for her it, it i was thinking about this the other day um just thinking about like the next call i got to do with her just how experienced of a marathoner she is. Cause she's been doing this for such a long time and she's run so many marathons. And right. it's like, even though I'm the one coaching her, there are areas when it comes to marathoning where she's just so much more experienced than either you or I are because of how many she's got under her belt. It's impressive. How many, how many has she done? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I know she's done a lot of Boston's cause she's always been able to get entries through charity or through work. Um, right. And then she's obviously done the other four majors outside of Boston. Um, so that's at least another four. Um, I don't know. i am gonna have to ask her when I talk to her next week, cause I got to schedule a call with her. Um, I've got to guess it's at least 10, if not more.
0: Well, um, we're talking a lot about Boston. How's your training been going? Like we were kind of going to come on, do a little bit yeah. of a recap here. Um, You know, we, we got some stuff with Boston to talk about. We got your training. We have, uh, we have, you know, some, some social media, um, uh, change inducing, uh, work done by a lady from, uh, the United Kingdom, uh, Mm -hmm. getting, you know, accommodations made for uh, pregnant women. And yeah, you know, a a lot of, there's a lot of good things to uh, talk about with Boston that happened in January. So. Um, let's start with your training a little bit. What's been, what's the word there? Cause we, you know, we've been so topical and we've had guests on, we haven't really talked much about our own, um, our own running.
1: It's, it's going really, really well so far. It's, um, there's definitely a huge difference between training this winter and last winter where it was just so consistently cold and so snowy that I really couldn't train consistently the way that I wanted to. I got the work in last year but I can feel the difference being able to run most weeks the way that I want to. Um, mm. I'm definitely at that point now where I feel like, I feel that I'm training. I'm six weeks and now I'm doing a 16 week block. Um, so I can feel that I'm training. Like the fatigue is, is real at times. Um, but it's all it's all within the same wheelhouse that I've always done. The mileage is pretty consistent with what I've always done. I'm not really I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm sticking with what's gotten me to, to Boston. And other than making some course specific sort of accommodations to deal with the hills, I've been doing what I've always done, and that that helps me put a lot of faith and a lot of trust into the work that I'm doing. Um, I had a really interesting week this week because the weather has really yo-yoed back and forth a little bit. Um, you know, we talk a lot about how summer heat causes you to make pace alterations and i don't think we necessarily think so much about what cold can do i had a, a final interval workout on tuesday running at around 5k pace and i've crushed these intervals all cycle and i felt like i was running through quicksand doing them and when i got done i looked at the temperature and the temperature felt like something like 18 degrees and it was that reminder of like oh yeah when it gets really really cold like under 25 my body just doesn't know what the hell to do um so that was a really rough workout, but then two days later it warmed up by like 30 degrees and I crushed um, a race pace workout. Like my race pace, so we talked before, like my goal is to go under three. That's a 6.52 pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I was running at what felt like race effort the other day and I was churning out like 6.35s and like mm-hmm. not going to the well to do it, like just feeling like right. it's right there within my wheelhouse to do it. Um So we'll see what that translates to. There's still a lot of work that I've got to do, but, um, the work feels really, really good. I feel really, really strong. This is probably the strongest I've ever felt in a training block. I think it's just the combination of consistent weight training for the last two years, seeing Tim for the last two years. It's like, everything's kind of starting to come together to make me feel just like a, a really strong, consistent runner. And it, it feels really, really good. Um, So yeah, I'm really happy with where I'm at. I was looking at the weather today, and it looks like the next two weeks it's going to be like in the 40s, which makes me thrilled. Um, It's just amazing what happens when you're able to train consistently the way that you want to. You know, you and I talk about that over the summer how summer training always feels better just because you don't really have to think about am I going to be able to get my run, and you can just do it. That's what the winters felt like. I've had to bundle up like an Eskimo every now and then to do it, but for the most part, like I've gotten it, and it, it just I feel good. I feel really good.
0: Yeah, even I haven't been running on the treadmill very often. Yeah. which is uh, unlike me because I can't stand the cold. I've right, been, I've been getting out and doing it. I, uh, I, I, yeah, this winter has not been bad. I, I mean, if it weren't for like the atrocious effects that climate change had on our world and environment, I'd really be all for it. Because right, this isn't terrible, um, but. I also know that there's a lot of um, a lot of collateral damage that will come with uh, continued climate change. Um, right. So I would I would prefer for us to to have um, eight inches of snow on the ground. Um, I will take that bullet for the rest of the world.
1: Yeah. Um, Same. That's just part of not, that's just not part not of really living fun. up here. No matter where you live, you're going to deal <laughs> with some sort of weather related bullshit. So it's like Cleveland. I'll right. just I'll go ahead and take the snow over the winter. I can handle three months of that.
0: I mean, I remember like the first three or four winters I lived here. It was, I mean, you didn't see grass for like four months. Yeah. And I don't remember the last time I didn't see grass for more than like three or four days. Right. So it's just, it's just strange. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, this winter's been, uh, it's been, it has been mild and it's been, you know, it's been good to, Get out and kind of. I've been picking back up with some of uh, some of the track friends and mm-hmm. uh, our new our new group, the Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack um, that's gonna be that's gonna be tearing up uh, the the towpath and the Old Muskegum Trail in uh, Canal Fulton in June. Yeah, uh, Eagle up course record coming. Um, we got to figure out if we know that record yet. But uh, know. yeah, we're. Well, he hasn't said anything yet, so okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find out right now. Um, but yeah, like this has been you know picking back up where I left off some of last year after mm-hmm. Columbus before my before my celebration months. Um, I, I feel like I'm getting back into it, and and you know before getting sick last week, I mean, the work was good. That was you mm-hmm. know a lot of what I I talked about last year was you know the work is good. That was my kind of my training mantra. Um, and, and, you know, I was there where I felt really solid. I was getting where I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about the workouts I was putting in or, you know, I wasn't thinking about, I knew I was working out every day, you know, and it's like, all right, well, so what's the workout for today? Like, there just wasn't any thought as to whether or not I would be putting, putting work in. And, uh, that's that's always a good place to be. Sorry. There may be a few little, um, muted sections here and there throughout the rest of this episode when I'm talking. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I, I've, I was in a really good spot before getting sick again. And I I hope to just, you know, pick it right back up. It's been about two weeks, Mm -hmm. um, a week and a half since I last ran. So shouldn't have too far to go to get back to it. It's more going to be what can my lungs handle. Right. Um, Cause I don't want to, I want to recover and you know, I'm kind of, you know, I think sometimes when you're recovering from illness, you have to treat it like an injury. Like you don't have to be a hundred percent, but you don't want to do it where you delay your recovery or make things worse again. So For I'm sure. kind of in that spot where it's, where it's like, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of caution a little bit.
1: It's just better. I think overall to exercise that caution to make sure that you get yourself healthy, whether it's training, whether it's to a race, getting there healthy is always going to Trump struggling to get there to the point where you are worried. Like, Oh my God, am I, am I going to be able to do this? Can I do this running? Can I race this race? Um, you know, we're, we're so hooked into like, man, the miles are written down. I've got to get them in. And I understand that to a point, but having missed races due to injury, um, and then having run races where I, I cut back maybe a little bit out of, you know, an abundance of caution, it's better to be able to race the race and show up and just see what you've got as opposed to being on the sidelines watching what you thought you're gonna be running in.
0: Yeah. I mean I've I've been there when uh when when you had to call your mom. <laughs> I was there when she got the voicemail, you know. And yeah, it's the it's the same uh yeah, I it's just the same principle right now.
1: I just ran over there the other day. I kind of like being over flashbacks. there every now and then. I you know, it's like that was what it was. Um it it sucks and it's it's very easy. It's very easy to say that now because I've conquered the goals that I had for that race. Um it just took a little bit longer. Um I kind of like going over there every now and then cuz it's just sort of a yeah, some really shitty stuff happened right here and uh it's okay. Like I think, you know, if you run as long as you and I have, there's going to be that injury that pops up that you don't expect. And um, there's no way to completely injury-proof yourself and make sure that nothing bad is ever going to happen. You really just want to try to aim for, like, as high a batting average as you can. And that's where, you know, you and I talk about how we're getting older, but we keep getting faster at the same time. We've just learned a lot of really hard-won lessons. And... You know, the the holding back a little bit to make sure that you don't overdo and hurt yourself or, or, you know, run yourself into a hole is there. You know, seeing physical therapists and consistently strength training for, you know, much more consistently than we have been in the past. All those things add up to, you know, hard, hard-earned hard lessons that keep us getting better, Um it's also why we like coaching people because we can say, "Hey, listen, we've done all the wrong things. Let us show you how to not do this wrong."
0: Yeah, you know, it was going into coaching real quick. Um, this call that I had with one of our clients the other night, they um, it was really interesting because a, a common thought, like this person came to us, um, you know, knowing that they've made mistakes in training before, mm-hmm. and. Um, really felt that the the current PR was way off of where they could be running typically for a full. And I certainly agree, especially after watching this person run for the last few weeks. And uh, but uh, they're like, I I I hate these easy miles. (laughs) Like I hate running. (laughs) I hate running like over ten minute miles. Yeah. And I just get bored. I'll do it because it's there. But you can almost see there's like, I trust you, but my God, I hope this works because I am suffering through these boring miles Yeah, Um, and suffering in the sense that they're boring, not physically suffering. They're they're like, it's just too easy. Yeah. I feel like I'm not working, but I'm going to trust you. Like I'm giving you money. I'm going to trust you. And uh, that mindset I can appreciate uh in you know and it's we, we've we've done it, we've had success, and mm-hmm. you've you've come to us to kind of tap into our success. And um you know, I, I think that there is a lot of value in just, you know, listening to people who know what they're talking about. And yeah, it was a fun conversation though, because especially since we do it by video, I could just see the like the bar, the internal bargaining—the <laughs> idea of how of how these uh, slow runs just feel—they feel so unproductive sometimes. Yeah, it's like no, nah, that's where the that's where the bread is buttered. So, um, like I, 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 and I told him like I run a lot of nine minute miles, and yeah. I went out there and ran, shoot, like seven oh eights or something for my. Uh, three Oh six, a lot of nine minute miles went into that.
1: Yeah. You know, and what's funny about it is that there's so much obsession with pace that I think the, the point that people miss is that a lot of success with being kind of fatigue proof is, is actually not pace, but it's volume and easy miles and running easy miles slow is what allows you to build up a lot of volume. And that's where at mile 20 and in mile 22 of a marathon, your body finds the reserves to really overcome that fatigue. It's like, oh, yeah, you've run a lot of miles. It's why professionals run so many miles, because it's in that Mm -hmm. higher mileage that you develop that ability to just power through when things get really, really tiring. Maybe the one little addition that I made to my training this go round was just to add about 10% to my overall volume from what I did for my Pittsburgh cycle last year, but it's all easy mileage. It's just like adding a mile to each of my easy runs. Um, I extended my long runs a little bit. I've never run a 20 miler for a marathon block. I'm running one 20 miler, but it's all easy mileage. I didn't up the intensity for it at all. And the idea is Mm -hmm. just, I want to build a little more fatigue resistance. I felt like it was something I could fit into my schedule. And um, I think it's part of why I'm, a little faster right now in some of my other pace work because I'm just making sure that I keep that work really easy. Um, but that I've built up that nice big, you know, block of just slow, consistent mileage. And I feel good. Good. You talked oh, about, you're, you're
0: uh,
1: gonna... Oh, no, no, not, please finish your thought. Cause I was going to transition us.
0: I was going to transition us. No, there you go. <laughs> now, Great. Um, you're, ta- you're, you're, you're taking all this, um, all this training to Boston in April. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think one, one thing that deserves, um, highlighting is, um, a post that Fiona English made on her Instagram a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, m- most of you listening are going to know the story because this definitely went viral throughout. It went um, viral fast throughout the, yeah throughout the running community um but she uh she qualified for boston registered was accepted as you know everybody who registered was and um she became pregnant shortly after she um she registered for boston and uh she reached out to the race and obviously you know can't really run a marathon um as pregnant as she is going to be Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, looked for a deferral and, uh, you know, thought that there should have been, you know, something in place for pregnant women um, and, and, you know, new mothers to, you know, accommodations made for them because physically you can't do it. And, um, they, she posted something on Instagram and it did go
1: very viral. (coughs) And, uh, it went viral and I mean, credit to the race. It was, I don't know, a week, 10 days. And, um, the race came back with a, with a deferral policy that gave, I do not uh, think it was that long. It, it, it might've been a week at most. It was, it did not take very yeah. long. Um, yeah, I mean, to their credit, they, they redid the policy and, and provided space now for expecting mothers to go ahead and defer to the next year. Um, And did another race do the same thing? I I Um, think London Berlin had, and I think maybe one of either New York (laughs) or Chicago also announced they were going to.
0: There have been reports, at least what I've seen to this point. um, And there may be updated news. I may be giving outdated news, but reports that they're working on it. And I I think you're just going to see every race is going to, follow the same type of suit i i would like to see races honestly be more lenient with deferrals when it comes to pregnancy or any illness anyways yeah um i understand injury is a little different
1: um yeah it's you know, just a can risk almost that comes de- to training
0: right but you know there are you know Cancers and and pregnancy. It is such a small. It's it's going to be such a small group of people. Yeah. Who are even going to have to take advantage of that option? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't understand the desire to not to offer that. I think so, some of this. I, I think
1: that. No, please go ahead. Finish your thought.
0: Um. I. I just. I think the biggest. Takeaway that I had from it is just don't be afraid to try to make change. Yeah. Some, sometimes I think, you know, like we, we all post things to social media that we, we, you know, uh, I don't, I, I don't always know what our motivation is. And I'm even mm-hmm. speaking for myself. Um, I don't always know what my own motivation is. Sometimes it's just to be silly or, you know, make a point or whatever, but, sometimes that can make a difference and uh the 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 post that fiona english made made a huge impact on the running community um kind of galvanized us and uh and, and it brought tangible change and so don't be afraid to like speak out and and you know try to make change we're told a lot that social media is kind of pointless and you know like posting things doesn't Institute change and it doesn't oftentimes, but sometimes it's what you're, you can do. Right. And, uh, you know, it's what she could do and, mm-hmm. and it was effective. Yeah. So good for her. I mean, she, she changed, she, she made racing more accessible for a lot of women yeah. and, uh, and hopefully it, it does, you know, start pushing the boulder down the hill for, uh, other change in deferrals that needs to come for, other uh, exceptions that need to be there
1: well and i think too that something that's going on now is you know i'm thinking back to our conversation um we had clint mccormick on a couple weeks ago to talk about glass city and he discussed you know that, that racing and races are still adjusting to the fact that that numbers are down and some of that might be COVID related and some of that might just be the fact that running was already kind of ebbing from where the the peak was when you and i started running you know a little over a decade ago Um, you know, so races have been operating a certain way with certain numbers in mind now for at least a decade, if not more. And now they're having to deal with the fallout that comes with fewer people running. And part of the fallout is that you can start to re-examine policies that you had in place that were there in part to, you know, recognize that like, listen, we're turning away so many people. How do we possibly turn away people and make accommodations And now it's like well if you have fewer people that are coming to your races you can start to be more understanding and inclusive with the policies that you have to recognize that yeah you know your race is still very much in demand and people are gonna have to work hard to get there you know there's a difference between the majors and you know something local like cleveland or glass city but that doesn't mean that you can't necessarily look at the human aspect of this like people have families and sometimes that's not planned and Sometimes it is, and that shouldn't be a punishment for people. Sometimes people do get, like you said, deathly ill, where they're going to have to divert time and attention to dealing with that, and, and hopefully they get through it and they come back to where they can run, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with acknowledging that those things happen, and it's it's people that run these races. We're not machines.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, it's it's nice that all of these things dovetail together to get races to start reexamining some of those policies and recognizing that there's a there's very much a human element to this yeah
0: oh man uh what else did we have that we were going to talk about
1: i wanted to talk about john adams really quick oh yeah absolutely um you you
0: take that uh you know just
1: you you know john adams is one of those like i think probably every city is going to have those you know, eccentric sports fans. And I don't use eccentric in like the idea of like quirky or anything like that, but there's not a lot of people that, that show up to baseball games every year. And I think it was in like 48 years, John Adams only missed something like 40 some games before the pandemic hit. And um, every city's probably got, you know, their eccentric fans who show up and, you know, John was great because he, he was the sound of, of Cleveland baseball games. If you were just listening on the radio or watching on TV, you knew the sound of John's drum. Um, and he had specific rules for when he played it, and you knew what those rules were, and they're always very high-intensity moments. And he just, John was Cleveland. John was just that local that people knew. And um, what was cool about John when it comes to running is that John used to show up to the Cleveland Marathon, and he would camp himself out about a quarter mile to a half mile from the finish line, and he would pound his bass drum and drum runners in And I can remember the race that I ran, the very first race that I ran in 2011, um, the race that made me fall in love with the sport. um, Farthest I'd ever done before that race was nine miles. And here I am running a 13.1-mile race. And um, I'm hurting. I'm tired. It was cold and drizzly that day. It was like 50 and drizzly. Like, I want to be done. I want this race to end. I want to cross the finish line and get out of this weather and get into some warm clothes and I think it was over on East 9th, I, I was running through downtown and you could hear off in the distance that familiar drum beat of John Adams' drum. And it was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Let's go. It was just this very Cleveland-centric moment that, you know, locals were going to understand. There were probably people from out of town who wondered, what the hell is this guy doing over the bass drum drumming people in? But if you were from Northeast Ohio, you knew who he was and you knew what that drum meant. Um, and it was just this very Cleveland touch to the end of that race. Um and just, you know, uh, just he's just a guy that's going to be missed. John Adams and Cleveland baseball were synonymous with each other, and it's it's a loss for the fan base, and it's a loss for the city.
0: I, I think I, I told you he was one of those uh, guys, like uh, his effect on the game, if if you weren't a fan of Cleveland baseball and you were watching a Cleveland baseball game, he probably annoyed the crap out of you. Sure. <laughs> just that. Boom! 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 Mm-hmm. During all those moments, um, but man, yeah, it it there are so many uh Cleveland Indians moments uh that I I remember from my time here, um, with that in the background. Yep, and uh, and yeah, he'll always be part of it, and it isn't the same without him there. I mean, we we've already um you know experienced that because I don't think he had been back to a game since the pandemic had
1: he i don't think so he'd uh he'd had some health complications that going he back to 2020 up. yeah and, and um and I, yeah i don't think he'd been back
0: it, it is it isn't the same and no. I mean, it just it's not so um yeah i mean between john adams and fiona english i think we have two examples of how you can make a difference for people and uh you know, it isn't always going to be something crazy um, and, and big, and it's not always going to seem impactful. But it can be something like beating a drum in center field that makes that changes a lot of people's life. I mean, thousands, generations of families know who he is. Yeah, and
1: uh, and are sad that he's
0: gone. So, well,
1: you know, both people were genuine. John was just a genuine guy, just consistently showed up, loved the team, was always approachable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, you know, f- with Fiona English, it was just, she shared she shared a genuine story. Yeah. You know, she didn't, um, she just shared a genuine story. It's something that plenty of women can identify with, plenty of women have experienced. And, um, yeah, I think it's that ability to be genuine, not to just try to grab for attention, but to actually highlight something important and unique and just be consistent and genuine with it. And that's a through line for both of those people that I think really connects the impact that they've had.
0: Honestly, I think that's a good spot for us to, uh, to wind this down. Yeah. So
1: I think it'd be um, good for your voice too.
0: Yeah. No kidding. I
1: can't (laughs) believe I made it this far. 37 Um, minutes, but 38.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did not. I thought it was going to be easier than this. I uh, I did not take um my decongestant this morning because I woke up feeling a little better. Yeah. And I'm I'm regretting that. It's only <laughs> during the talking, though. It's really only during the talking. So I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to get out for like two or three miles. Are you? I think I'm gonna try once it it's, uh once it warms up. Maybe you are about three. My wife has some stuff to do yeah i might try to i might try to get out but um yeah so everybody go go make an impact you know in 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 some way um and uh i i I thank fiona english for making her impact and and uh you know our our thoughts are with the adams family as they you know and, and all of cleveland as they mourn the loss of john adams and and uh yeah, the Guardians games are, are not the same. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, until uh, until we see you guys again, we'll be back next week. We, we're we going to be um, with our good friend Mark Freeman. Is coming back. Um, it's been a couple of years. Really looking forward. To, it has been. Yeah. Uh, non, non-pandemic-y. Um, we have to hop on a time machine to get with him because of where he is in the, on the globe right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny. I had to buy, so when his, his book, you are not a rock. Yeah. I recommend to everybody. Yes. Um, One of our athletes bought it because of the, uh, what we're going to talk with him about. But, uh, I, I, his, his book, you are not a rock is amazing. And I originally bought it on my Kindle, which I currently don't even know where my Kindle is. Um, and, uh, but I, when I was wanting to go over this, you know, we brought up this ideal time inventory so many times
1: Yeah.
0: and I wanted to go over this with an athlete. I was like, okay, I need the physical copy. Mm-hmm. So I have bought this book twice now.
1: Here's <laughs> my Mark, physical copy and Mark appreciates so, it.
0: I'm sure he does. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a book we definitely recommend. If you want to get a head start on our podcast with Mark Freeman, um, pick up
1: a copy of that book. <coughs> you're muted, Bud. I think you're still muted, Bud. Or did we just lose you in general? Nope. 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 I was still muted. <laughs> Were um, you just swearing no. to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure the, the if you night- were actually talking or just like swearing with the mic muted
0: <laughs> nope I was talking about something we had, this, we had this really nice good like powerful way to end an episode and um, oh, I just messed it all up
1: ah there's so, you know what talking right. about Mark and getting a jump start on the next episode is not a bad thing yeah
0: you know what it's just a velociraptor that came up at the end of this episode to attack us so um yeah you'll have to go back and listen
1: to our last episode with him to understand that reference
0: yep it's still our most listened
1: to episode of all time
0: which is awesome
1: and crazy because it's not even running really
0: (laughs) right so um but yeah uh be be on the lookout for that and uh, uh enjoy some of the warmer weather that we got for the time being and uh yeah, go out there, make a difference. And uh, Adam, I'll see you soon. And yeah. everybody else, uh, feel free to like, subscribe, review us on your favorite podcast platforms. And until we see you again, enjoy your miles, everybody.